0: Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for being good to us, Lord. I thank you for um, just the point class and being able to get together, um, just hang out, laugh, um, and just... uh really uh, enjoy life uh, as, as you uh, really just reside inside of us. Lord. We have a common bond, and it's not that we like to do the same things or we like the same music or anything like that, Lord. It's just because uh, we all uh, have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And so I do pray that uh, you would use that, and you would use us as, uh, as just a team and a family to get your work done. Uh, Lord, I do pray for uh, this week. There's a lot of moving parts this week. And I I pray for VBS. I pray for the kids that uh, maybe will come or maybe uh, are on the fence. And I pray for the parents who uh, are on the fence. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would have the kids here that you want here. Uh, and that we would just be uh, content with that I pray the gospel is shared I pray that uh, it's a fun time oh, Lord I pray that uh, your word is uh, preeminent Above all things I pray you just give uh, synergy and uh, to the team uh, And just all the things I pray you just give uh, Chris and Lauren Uh, just the supernatural ability to uh, juggle uh, many balls in the air all at once. And uh, Lord, we do pray that you would get the honor and the glory that we wouldn't uh, just uh, be weary and well-doing and we wouldn't just do these things to do these things, but that you would just get the honor and the glory for it. So I do uh, pray for VBS this week, and uh, I pray for uh, just your church as there's a lot of things happening and uh, events coming up, and I pray that uh, you would just get the glory for these things that we don't just do them to do them. And uh, I pray for uh, John's grandfather, Uh, Lord, as... Going in to have a stint put in his heart, and uh, it seems like a minor thing, but we do pray that uh, things go well uh, and that uh, and you just get the uh, uh, the glory. I pray that your name is uh, proclaimed through that uh, situation, and uh, Lord, I pray you just be with uh, with me, and put me out of the way, uh, and just speak as we jump back into the Book of Romans. It's been a few weeks, and uh, that you would just uh, uh, speak uh, and that you would uh, just get your word where it needs to go on time. I pray this all in Christ's name, Amen. Okay, so. We're getting, We are rapidly, rapidly getting closer to the end of the book of Romans. It's been a minute. I don't even remember when we started this, but it's it's been a minute. But uh, the book of Romans is it's massive. Like and not in length. I mean, sixteen chapters really isn't that much. But the book of Romans is when you think back at some of the things that that we've hit from you know Romans one to like all men are depraved and messed up, and then you know just the whole thing. Just kind of breaking everybody down and uh you need a chair, Caleb? Yeah. Uh sorry, the rim's really weird today, so it's all good. Uh so anyway, uh how everybody's messed up and then you know basically everything that God can do for you, uh all the way up through, you know, Romans uh chapter twelve, and then you get to Romans chapter twelve and say, like, Okay, now what can we do for God? And so there's just the Book of Romans is massive, and so uh, I say all that to say, um, you know, we are like we're getting closer to the end, and we're kind of um, we're kind of wrapping some things up. And so I was thinking about this this morning of, of the best way to use this analogy. And it's been uh, I'm not like Chris; I don't you know jump on a plane every other week like you know fly around the country. And but uh, it's been a minute since I've been on a plane. But no matter what flight I've ever been on, and we've been on several, there's always the time that you know the the pilot jumps on. He's like. So we're getting close, right? Start getting your stuff gathered together uh, and and start to prep for landing. And so as I was, you know, kind of thinking about, we're jumping into uh, Romans 15 today, you know, and so that's kind of like what Paul was doing here. He's he's like jumping up on the intercom and he's like, hey, just in case you uh, didn't know what was going on, uh, we're getting ready to start coming down from this thing, and we're getting ready to start trying to put a bow on some of these things and wrapping some of this up, and some of the things that I'm going to say might seem pretty uh, elementary, but at the same time, you know, you shouldn't have to be told every single time you fly to put your tray up, but they tell you every single time you fly to put your tray up, right? And some of the things that he's going to say might seem pretty basic coming out of some of the deep doctrinal things that he said throughout the book of Romans, but it doesn't make them any less important. And so... As we're kind of starting to to dive off the, you know, our twenty-seven thousand feet. However, I don't even know how many. Oh, how, how. More than ten. More than. <laughs> as we start to descend, right? Paul's just like you know, I've got some basic instructions. Here's your title, if you want to write it down. I don't care. Some basic instructions as we begin to prepare to land, right? And so that's kind of what's going to happen here. And so this is going to go on for uh, a couple of weeks, but I've got four of them to kind of get us through the first fourteen verses of Romans chapter fifteen, and. Um, Let's just read through this and then we'll kinda of circle back around and I'll give you, you know, just the, the the first four of these kind of basic instructions as we try to wrap this thing up and put a bow on it. And you might be thinking, Well, isn't there another whole chapter after this? There is, but if you know anything about like when Paul's writing, like Especially in his his longer books, like the entire last chapter is just like pointing out people, right? Say hey to this dude, you know, tell that tell that guy he's doing a good job, and like, so there's a lot going on, but there's actually some good stuff in Romans 15. So, uh, Romans 15 and verse one says, "We then that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves, but every one of us pleases neighbor for his good edification, for his good to edification, uh, for even." Christ, please not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them uh, that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime time, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That ye may with one mind and one mouth uh, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to glory, uh, uh, us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God, for his mercy, as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee, uh, among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and love him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise, uh, to reign over the Gentiles, in Him uh, shall the Gentiles trust, and I'll, I'll get through what all this means in a minute, right? Because it's kind of like what verse thirteen. Now, to the, uh, now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse fourteen. And uh, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye uh, also are full of goodness filled with our knowledge, able to uh, admonish one another. And you might be like, okay, what exactly did, what, what does he just say? Because there's a lot of different stuff there. Generally, Paul does a really good job of staying on point. But it's kind of like, what in the world just happened? And so, like I said, these are just some basic instructions, right? Put your bags up, Put your tables up, right? Pick your stuff up. A lot of different things happening, right? And he's got to get these things across like bam, 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 because we're coming uh, to a conclusion very quickly. So the first basic instruction, uh, and like I said, these are basic, these are elementary. You might be like, oh my gosh, I could have learned this, you know, back in, okay, well, I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Paul wouldn't say it if he didn't think it needed to be said. Right? And so, obviously, somebody needs to hear it, and so that's kind of where we're at. And so the first basic instruction is, uh, in verses 1 to 3, please others before you please yourself. Right? Please others before you please yourself. He says, We then that are strong not to bear the infirmities of the weak. Does that sound familiar or anything? What does the first verse in chapter 14 say? What does it say? Somebody read it. And those weak in the faith receive ye, oh. but not to doubtful disputations. Yeah. So chapter 14 says, to him that is weak, right? And then so chapter 14 talks about all those things. And you remember what chapter 14 is about, right? All the different liberties we have in Christ and, you know, kind of the gray areas. And they're like, well, what about this? And, you know, all of those things, you know, yeah, we have liberty to do this. Yes, I have liberty to listen to whatever I want to on the radio. But is it wise sometimes when I'm around certain? So, yeah, we have a lot of liberty to do a lot of things. So chapter 14 says, to him that is weak. So then chapter 15, if you notice, the very first thing it says, we then, meaning if we're saved, it ought to be, we ought to be one of the we, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. So all the things we just talked about, hey, you Christian, you know, if you didn't get what I was saying in chapter 14 about stop using your liberty to trip this guy up, uh, if you're strong, that's what he, what's he say? He says you ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, meaning just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to it because we spent several weeks on that because there were a lot of different things in there. But you know that's what he's tying this whole thing together. He says, We that are strong, you that are in the Word daily, you that know what the Bible says, you that understand the principles of God's Word, we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Well, who are weak? Well, go back to chapter 14 and it tells you who are weak. Those who are baby Christians, those who don't really know and it's not their fault. You know, when I got saved, I didn't know nothing about Nothing. I needed somebody who was strong to just kind of take me by the hand and say, hey, uh, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. Oh, okay, I didn't know, right? Now, if I continue to do it, it's no longer ignorance anymore. It's stupidity. So, you know, there's a difference there. But, he says, so we that are, that are strong not to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And then he goes on to say, because if you didn't get it in the first verse, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. We're not, just, it, I know you guys probably know this, but, You know, sometimes the Christian walk isn't like the most fun thing in the world, right? Doing the right thing um, isn't always the most fun, right? Always uh, having to uh, be uh, the parent who, you know, is steadfast to what the Word of God says isn't always fun, right? It would be, but you know what? We're called to do it. Let every one of us please his neighbor. for uh for his good to edification, this isn't about how happy you can be. Now, does that mean that you're not supposed to be happy? That's not what I'm saying. You should do things in life to enjoy yourself. go on vacation, right? Take some time for your family, do those things. But also understand that you know what? When it's not like dedicated family time, you need to be on mission all the time. Even when you're on vacation, you need to be on mission, right? There should never be a like, okay, I'm off the clock for Jesus, right? I I did my I I did my eight, right? Or if I'm Brady, I did my 12 today. I'm good, right? I'll be back tomorrow to give you 12 more, Uh, 13. Just depends. Like I've been there. This, This week was pretty pretty rough with the heat, but you know, like you're never off the clock. So you need to understand that. Yeah. Being happy, I mean, obviously, you don't want to go through life just you know hacked off at the world all the time. But your goal in life, your goal in Christianity, is not to be happy, right? You should always want to serve someone else more. Now, put that in the context that you might be like, "Well, then when am I going to get served?" Right? You know, well, it's Father's Day, guys. You get a, you get one day out of the year, right? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding, right? But no, I, like I, I, a, a a dad who gets it understands that, you know what, I'll do stuff for my kids over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. I'll just do it over and over and over again. Even if it's just like, I, I watched this little short video. Um, it was a uh, and I don't usually watch these, but it was a dude dad video. Um, and uh he, he, like, he was going through his Father's Day thing and he like takes his kids out fishing because he wants to, you know, he wants to get his kids to do his hobbies and he spends the whole time just like undoing the rat's nest and he's like, so this didn't work out, right? Because it's totally not right. And so he goes through his like five things and it's like everything that he thought was going to be like the greatest day ever, you know, he's like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go grill. He goes out there and then he's got to go in and check on the kids to come back out and it's like a brick cat and it's like, you know what? Uh, that's what a good dad does, though, every other day of the year. It's just like, whatever, I'll just do it, and I'll just do it, and I'll just do it. It's the same thing. It's not about how happy you can be. It's just about doing it, right? Put it in the context of, of marriage, right? Because you might be like, I understand that I'm not supposed to be happy, but wouldn't it be nice to be happy every now and then? Put it in the context of like marriage. If your only thought ever is to please the other person, right? To please the other person. To please the other person. You might be like, well, that's one-sided. Well, it might be for a minute, but the goal in turn would be to have the other person realize, you know what, this isn't just a show. This isn't just something that you know they're doing for a second. And then what are they in turn going to want to do? Okay, well, then I'm just going to give myself back. I'm going to give myself back. And if that's, that's how a marriage works well, right? When you're never doing something for yourself. You're always doing it for them because then they catch on. And it's like, well, you know what? If all they're doing is for me, then maybe I'll do something for them. And it's the same type of thing in your Christian walk, in anything, it's not about pleasing yourself. Paul's like, hey, as we start to land this thing, I know you probably know this already, but just in case you didn't know it, it's not about you being happy. Right? What, what can you do for somebody else? You know, I, you could be having the worst day of your life, right, and just ready to just like i am done i just need to be home i just need to not talk to anybody right like i just need to you know that's the difference like guys get mad they have a day like that like i won't talk to anybody Uh, a lady you know has a day like that and she's just like wants to tell somebody about it right and that's okay we're created different it's totally normal but it's that's the difference but you know we get in this route we're like i don't want to do anything and then what what happens on those days it's like almost always God will bring a complete open door that you're like, I don't want anything to do with this right now. right? But when you do actually decide, which there's times I don't, you know what, I'll just do it because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, Isn't that more gratifying than anything else when you do get to do the work of God? right? When it's like Thursday night and you've been at VBS all week and it's just like, at least it's not going to be as hot as it was last week. Man, it was hot. But like... It, and you're just like, man, I'm just ready for this to be done. I, this was good, but like, you know what? When you show up and you just do it and you leave, and it's just like, I'm really glad we did, right? Or you know, at the end of the week when it's just like, oh my gosh, this week has been crazy, and then you know, you get 48 hours away from it, and you you know, you get to sleep for you know, 10 minutes, then you're like, that was totally worth it, right? It's not about you, and that's kind of the first thing. You, you need to please others before you please yourself. Uh, somebody read First Corinthians nine nineteen. So I don't have my tablet today. I got a few verses I figured you guys could just actually somebody get it. So, and then somebody read Philippians two four. 9, 19. Yeah, first Corinthians nine nineteen. That is your goal in life. Sorry, if you wanted it to be anything else. Your goal in life needs to be who can I serve today? You you are servant to all. Right? That is that is what we do, right? What can I do for you today? You know, that is just that is the goal in life is how can I serve, right? That is what we are. Somebody read uh, Philippians 2.4. Look, well, not every man on his own things, but every man also things right. Stop worrying about, you know, the next boat you're going to buy, right? I'm on this kick where I think I want to buy a boat. And then my wife <laughs> just looks at me and shakes her head, right? Like, <laughs> right? stop worrying about... Yeah. Uh, Chris is going to buy a truck, so I'm like, you can just buy a boat to pull, Anyway, yeah, I'm just... But no, you get on these kicks where it's just like, I think this would be really fun, and it would be fun, right? Or I think this would be really neat, and it would be neat, but like, at some point you need to stop thinking on the things of yourself and think on the things of others, right? It's just biblical principle. That is just the way that it is. Does it mean that if I find a boat for the right price, I won't buy it? I don't know, but... You can justify that because <laughs> you're yeah, like, I'm thinking of the kid. Well, I am. For the next couple of years... <laughs> Anyway, moving on, I'm just like, you know, you have to think about, you know, you just always have to be thinking about, like, what can you do for somebody else? Man, he got out of the boat. <laughs> Don't get me started on Peter, I know. Right. you got to please others before you please yourself. He goes on to say, for even Christ, he uses Christ as an example. Please not himself, but as it is written, uh, uh, the reproach of them that uh, reproach they fell on me. So here's your second basic. So your first one is please others before you please yourself. It's pretty elementary, guys. Like, you might be like, I knew this already. Okay, well, there's a reason Paul's saying it, and, and we're going to hit it as we go. So the second one uh, be like minded according to Christ. So, it's one thing to say, be like-minded. But I like the way it says in here, and we're going to read it here in a minute, but he says, be like-minded according to Christ. In verse 4, he says, for whatsoever things were written before time, were written for our learning. Meaning, all of you guys who think, well, the Old Testament's not written to me, so I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to read the Pauline epistles. Well, okay, you're right, dispensationalist guru. Like, Paul's epistles are pretty much, the church epistles are pretty much the only thing that are written to... You, But that or, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the Bible is not written for you. It doesn't mean that you can't go back to Genesis and find all kinds of things that you can apply to your life. So he's talking about for whatsoever things that were written aforetime, meaning the whole Bible you can use, right? You can use it. Now, don't take it doctrinally sometimes, right? But the whole Bible you can use for whatsoever things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we, through patience... Well, that's... I'm telling you, you want... You want to learn patience? Pray for patience, because God will give you opportunity. Brady laughs every time, like he just knows. He knows the story I'm talking about, right? Like, he, he, I was teaching through James one time, and I'm like, God, I, I really do want to grow my patience, and so I prayed, God, give me opportunities, and He was just like, All right, you know, watch this, and it was like all in one day. <laughs> It was the craziest thing ever. Anyway, I don't have time to share the story. You have to ask Brady or my wife or Holly, I think. It was just like, oh my gosh. So yeah, you want patience? Pray for patience. he will give you opportunity, I promise. He says that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience, that's where you get patience, uh, and consolations grant you to be like-minded one uh, toward another according to Christ Jesus. Verse six that you may be with uh, one mind and one mouth glorify er, that you may with one mouth one mind can't read and one mouth glorify God even the Father our Lord Jesus Christ right the next thing that we need to know is we're kind of trying to land this doctrinal thesis that Paul wrote of the book of Romans right I mean think about some of the things we've looked at like we're talking about like the craziest of crazy sin early on right and then we get into like how you can take the blood of Christ and like just completely no and void all of that right then he gets into like oh don't forget the nation of israel is my chosen people and uh you know they're always going to be and then he's like oh yeah by the way and i'm just hitting some of the high points like oh yeah here's some spiritual gifts for you and it's like some of the craziest doctrinal stuff is in the book of romans and then we get to the end and he's like oh by the way please others before you please yourself be like-minded and it's like oh shouldn't we have started with that like, no, we needed to get the other stuff nailed down so that now you do have your faith figured out. You all walk in according uh, to what he's told you to do. And so now it's like, okay, now what do I do? Be like-minded, right? And what do I mean by that? You look around here and there's several people in here. I don't know how many people in here. I can't count, right? You get past 10 and I'm like, oh my, i got to take my shoes off because then I can get to 20, but, right? We all all do different things, right? We all work in different occupations, right? Not everybody can make snow cones for a living like Luke, right? And it just doesn't work. But we all do different things. Uh, We we all go different ways throughout the week. We all have different hobbies. Uh, I mean, some of us like to do the same things, but for the most part, like, we could get somebody that is, like, way over here on the spectrum somebody that's way over here and this guy over here would be like I would never find myself doing that right and this guy would be like I'm not ever going to do that so we we all have different hobbies okay when I say be like minded I'm not saying we have to like the same things like we have to like the same colors we have to you know watch the same movies What? It, what because that's what some people think being like minded is like right When when young people are trying to find somebody that they want to marry they're like I need to find somebody who's just like me that's a that's a disaster waiting to happen, right? Because honestly, every day you yourself are your own worst enemy. So you don't want to marry that person, I promise. Right? There's a reason that Paige and I go so well together because we are polar opposites on just about every single thing ever. Right? And it's just the way that it is. <laughs> and so, like, it, it's just the way that it is. The point here is be like minded according to Christ. That's what he says. Be like-minded in the things that you need to be like-minded about, right? Yeah, you—you you know what? I, I might not like that. I might not do that. You might not like watching football. You might not like doing whatever, right? You might not like like hanging out on the dock. If you don't, you're weird. But I'm telling you, like, I, I'm just like, just chilling. Like, whatever it is, like, you might not. It doesn't matter. When the things, he says, be like-minded according to Christ. What things were? What were the things that Christ was like? Hey, these are important, right? Okay, well, those are the things that need to be important to everybody in here, right? When He says, "Hey, it's important that you get out there and you minister to people," it's important that you get out there and you're in the Word. You're 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 out there and you're you're doing the work of God, right? Those things have to be done. Those things are be like-minded. Everybody, everybody in here should be the exact same. Right, so that's what it's talking about when it says be like-minded. Philippians 2.2 It's a couple uh, verses before the one somebody else read. Uh, somebody read that. Philippians two. I know, usually I don't ever make you guys read verses so you're like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. It doesn't mean we have to like the same football team, right? I didn't know there were any other teams but the Chiefs but that's fine, right? It's whatever, right? What he's saying is, you know, we need to be like-minded in godly things, right? There's no reason that we all shouldn't be like, hey, VBS is a great thing. Now, does that mean that every single person needs to be here for it? You know, everybody's got different ministries that they're involved in. There should not be anybody that's like, man, VBS is a waste of time, right? You're not like-minded according to Christ. We're sharing the gospel with kids. Um, hello? Hello? <laughs> Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever it is, I'm not saying that every person has to be involved in any one thing. I, I use VBS because it's this week and because it's one of the bigger things that we do. But there should never be like a ministry in the church that you're like, yeah, I don't do that because I don't like it. Like, what? The goal in every ministry that we have here is what? To get the gospel where it needs to go on time. Now, it's, we're trying to do it in different ways, to minister to different people, right? But like be like-minded according to Christ. Find some way that you can support it. If nothing else, pray for them, right? If you're not helping with VBS this week, do do Chris a favor, do Lauren a favor, do me a favor, because I'm going to be here. Like, just pray that you know the kids. I like, keep it at, at an eight or below, right? Just, just pray, <laughs> just pray that you know the logistics go well just pray for the things right just any of that kind of stuff that's what i'm talking about that is how you are like-minded according to christ you might be like what does this have to do with me i don't understand like i don't know but if you don't have these basic things figured out then you're never going to get the bigger things figured out right If, if you're like man this stuff just doesn't really matter right you're never going to get the bigger stuff figured out if you can't figure out this stuff you just won't right you just won't. That's just the way it is. So, moving on, because I told you I was going to be done on time, and I will, even if we have to stop early. Verse 7, <laughs> the, your next basic instruction, you know, right? Pilots on the, the intercom is like, hey, get your, get your trays up and, you know, put your bags away, put your laptops away, turn your phone off, right? All these different things. Basic things. Like, how many times is this guy going to tell me the same thing? We have to understand, this might be somebody's first flight, every flight, right? Chris, every time they say it, and you're like, oh my gosh, right? It's the same thing. Over and over again, right? Every time. Every time. Before I move on, I heard a really good analogy of this uh, one time. Uh, how many times, you know, like, people like Chris, they fly all the time, right? I mean, I would say probably dozens of times a year, right? Dozens and dozens of flights a year, okay? So it's the same thing every time. Like, we go on a mission trip, and you hit, like, eight different planes on the trip, and it's, like, the same thing. So the thing is, it's the same thing, and you you, you begin to just, like, tune it out. It's just like whatever. I already know what he's going to say, right? Think of that like a lost person, with you are sharing the gospel with them. They're just tuning it out, right? They're just tuning it out because it's the same thing every time. Find a different way to say it. And I'm not saying try and like try to like spice up the gospel. I'm just saying like find a way to meet them where they're at. Too often, as we're sharing the gospel, there's nothing to do what I'm talking about. But well, this kind of hit me just uh, anyway. Find a way to make it personal, right? You know, if the pilot jumped on and they're like, hey, Chris, make sure you got your thing put up, he'd be like, what? Right? Find a way to make it personal. You know, I'm not saying change the gospel. The gospel is what it is. Death, burial, and resurrection, right? Uh, He died for me, so I don't have to. But, like, find a way to meet somebody where they're at with the gospel. You know, hey, we're going to go out on the 4th of July, and we're going to be, like, handing out water bottles. Hey, do you want to hear about Jesus? No? Okay, no big deal. Right? They've tuned it out. And they're going to over and over again until you find a way to make it personal. Right? And so whatever that means just just kind of think about that the next time you're sharing the gospel, right? People just tune it out. Find a way to make it make it match, right? Make it personal, make it something in their life. Your third basic instruction, glorify God regardless of circumstance. Glorify God regardless of circumstance. You might be like, "Okay, man, I know this," right? Okay, well, that's good. I promise there there are times in life that you're going to be on cloud 9 and it's just like, "Man, my life couldn't get any better." And then, like ten minutes later, sometimes you're going to find out that it's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm just going to like pull my hair out. I ain't got any hair to pull out, and I'm going to pull it out because this is. I'm just going to go crazy." You're right, Your Abby's like, "Pull something, man. I'm just going to." Circumstances should not change the way that you glorify God, right? Now, I will say, sometimes circumstances change the way that you serve God. Right? There could be different health issues that you're, you can't serve the same way. right? And hopefully it doesn't too much, but circumstance should never change the way that you glorify God. right? Because you can glorify God in a lot of different ways. Uh, verse 7, and I'll just kind of make this make sense. He says, Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us the, uh the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus was a minister of the circumcision, for the truth of God, what's he talking about? He's talking about to the Jews, right? When he talks about the circumcision, he's talking about the Jews, right? So Jesus was here uh, for the Jews to confirm the promises made unto their fathers. Remember, Jesus always went to the synagogue first, the same way that Paul did, right? Jesus was uh, trying to uh, reach the Jews first. When they didn't get it, then what happened? Then you know he died. He sent the apostle Paul, right? And so the whole, that way that whole thing worked out. Jesus also, though, don't forget, ministered to the Samaritan woman, not a Jew. Right? The woman at the well. Uh, that is the Samaritan woman, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the woman taking adultery. Uh, like All these different things. Right, so Some of these people weren't Jews, so don't think that he was only here for the Jewish people. Anyway, sorry. He says, uh, He was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles... So he talks about the Jews first. And he's like, and now we're talking about the Gentiles, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercies, as it is written. For this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. Uh, and then he kind of goes into this, like, and again he saith, "Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with hope." And again he says, "Praise ye uh, the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people." And again Isaiah saith, "There shall be uh, a root of Jesse, and he shall arise uh, uh, to reign over the Gentiles, and him uh, to the in him shall the Gentiles trust." So, what is he talking about here? You might be like, "That's that's really kind of wordy, right?" So, what he's what he's getting at doctrinally, just so we can hit this and and move on. Um, Jesus came for the Jews, right? But also for the Gentiles, right? The Gentiles were able to receive it the same way. Remember, you get into the book of Acts, and Peter had to figure that thing out, right? And then Paul goes out, and so now he's a minister to the Gentiles. And so what he's trying to say is it doesn't really matter your background. Christ died for all of you, right? It doesn't matter if... well, because. Still, just like the Jews always were, right? They're all high-minded. Well, Jesus came for the Jews, right? Yeah, but you guys didn't get it. So it's a good thing you didn't because now you know we all have right to it. So the the point is you guys missed the boat. You all got to get saved the same way we do now. The point here is you need to glorify God regardless of circumstance, okay? So it doesn't matter if you're Jew, glorify God. It doesn't matter if you're Gentile, glorify God. That's what he's saying here. Make this more applicable to your life. It doesn't matter if you're having a really good day. Glorify God. It doesn't matter if it feels like the wheels don't come off the wagon. Glorify God. It doesn't matter if it feels like, like I don't even, I, like I can't even put into words what is going on in my life right now, right? Glorify God. You ever been there? Like I've, I've been there, right? I I, I I don't even know how to put into words what is like. Glorify God, no matter the circumstance. Well, you don't understand, man. You don't. I got cancer. You don't understand. I got this. You don't understand. I got. And I'm just telling you, like there were some people. Go back to what we talked about a minute ago in the Old Testament. That they had circumstances that make years look like a walk in the park, and they're just like glorifying God through it. What did Job do, right? Like, so first God uh, allows the uh, devil to basically kill his kids, right? And then, like, take all of his land. All of his crops are gone, right? And he's just like all this different stuff. He loses everything he's got. All of his wealth. He was the wealthiest man alive at the time, right? All of his everything. He like. Brings him to the point of death Except for he's not going to die Because that would be too that would be too handy So he's got like these sores all over his body He's just like miserable, right? And then like the, 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 the cherry on top Was like, he didn't kill his wife Because, you know, that would have been easier Than her coming to him and being like Why don't you curse God and die? Right? Man, that's a really good help me right there I'm telling you She's just like, man, curse God and die And he's like, you know Naked. How's that verse go? Naked. I came into this world. Naked. I'll go out. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord. Something like that. I, I don't. I butchered it, but that's what he's saying. No matter what the circumstance is, Job's just like. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to glorify God. And what happens when he does that? Over time. You no, know, I'm not. Te- I'm not going to preach some prosperity gospel, right? Uh, sometimes you got to embrace the suck for long amounts of time, and you may never see the good on this side of eternity. Does it really matter? You're going to see it at some point, right? And so you. You go through it and you go through it. At some point, what does God do? He restores him like tenfold. You know? Do you want to read that verse for you? Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, that's kind of what I said. and all this, yeah. and all this Job sinned not nor charged yeah. God foolishly. That's my favorite part, right? He, he, doesn't, he didn't sin through any of it. Like, I get it. Like, there are things that happen in life that are just like. I just want to throw my hands up. Like, what, what do you do with this one? There's times I look at my wife and we just like, there's there's no words, right? And it's just like, okay. Right? And so we just, you're going to glorify God no matter what. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, whatever you think is huge is small in comparison to somebody's, somebody else. Right? It doesn't matter. Whatever you think is detrimental is small compared to the next thing. And so, Learn to deal with it. Learn to glorify God through it, because the, God isn't taking you through it to like, "Hey, let's see how they suffer this time." Right? I don't think God takes enjoyment with just like, "Hey, let's see how Chris deals with it this time." Hey, let's see how you know Luke does it. Like, it's not like that. What He's trying to do is He's trying to grow you through it. He's trying to teach you something. So the sooner you can realize, you know what I'm going to do through this? I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to give Him the praise through it. The sooner that I'm going to like be on my way up out of it. Right? Another example of that would be Joseph in the book of Genesis, right? And he's like his dad's favorite kid, like everybody wants to be, you know, and his brothers get all jealous and they throw him in the pit, leave him for dead, and he gets sold into slavery, right? And then he like uh, he gets sold into slavery Uh, then Potiphar pulls him out of slavery and, you know, he's like second in command. And man, this guy's got a roller coaster of a life for sure. Like, then he's like second in command of like one of the richest dudes around. He's like running the farm. Like, and then his wife accuses him of raping her. And he's like, man, no way. Then he gets thrown into prison. It's like, man, roller coaster. Then what's that? He gets, he's in prison for however long. The butler and the baker are down there and they're like, man, you're never getting out of here. And they come out and like, there's a famine and, you know, the, I think it's the, the the baker, he's just like, Hey, I remember this dude that's in the prison. Like, he's probably dead by now, but if not, he can interpret dreams, right? And then Pharaoh's like, Well get him out of here. And he comes out and says, like, What's the next thing? He's like, Now he's ruler over Egypt. Save Pharaoh. Like again, like circumstances can change like that. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, you give me one circumstance that can't change like that. Anything can. Now it, it might take it might take some circumstances but like things can change on a dime right you can go from the prison to the palace just like that you know any of those things and so you have to understand that none of that matters you need to you need to glorify God regardless of the circumstance you know Paul's talking about it doesn't matter if you're Jew it doesn't matter if you're Gentile I'm trying to make us a little more applicable it doesn't matter what you're going through you need to figure out a way to glorify God through it because the sooner that you learn to do that the sooner that God's like okay maybe he's learned something now let's move on just be ready because there's probably something bigger coming, right? So enjoy the high time while you got it. Just saying, right? It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Like, there's always somebody who's got it worse. So learn how to give God the praise through it, right? And and raise your kids, right? Uh, have your family, but give God the glory no matter what, no matter what. So glorify God regardless of the circumstance. And the last one is only two verses. And I got like two minutes. Abound in hope. Another basic instruction. He's like, abound in hope. And then he says, admonishing one another. You can write that down if you want. Abound in hope, admonishing one another. Verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself, and now he's now he uses Christ as an example first, now he's going to use himself as an example. I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also, uh, also are full of goodness, goodness, filled with knowledge, able uh, able also to admonish one another. So Paul's like, you know what? You need to abound in hope. You need to live in hope. There should never be a circumstance in life that you're like, this is hopeless. Right? You know, Think of David going up to Goliath. He's like, there's never a situation where you're like, this is hopeless. You might be like, the odds are kind of stacked against us, but you're never hopeless. You need to live, uh, that word abound means live, like be in. Be in hope. Like, live your life with hope. That, Tomorrow is going to bring another opportunity. That the next thing is going to bring you closer to God. Like, no matter what, there should always be hope, right? There should be hope that when you kick a cone full of concrete, that like God's going to learn me something through this, right? And that I probably won't do that again, right? No matter what it is, there should always be hope. Too often we do dumb things in life, and I'm not saying that what you did was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it wasn't smart. (laughs) I'm just using it. So, there are a lot of times in life that we're like, like, I don't I don't know what the purpose in this is, but God is trying to grow you through it. So, uh, live in hope. Live in the hope that God is going to do something with you, through you, right? no matter what. You might be like, you don't understand my circumstances. Like, I, I, you're right, I don't. But God does. And He says, abound in hope. And then He goes on to say uh, th- that you are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able also to admonish one another. If you're going to live in hope, what is that going to cause you to do? If you're going to abound, if you're going to live, you're going to saturate yourself in this life of hope that tomorrow is going to be better. And you shouldn't always want tomorrow to be better, but tomorrow is another opportunity. If you're going to abound in hope like that, what is it going to cause you to do? Admonish other people to do the same thing. When you have the hope of glory, when you have Christ inside of you, when you have this hope that, you know what? like It doesn't matter what happens. God is going to do something to it. What does that cause you to do? tell somebody else about it. When I live like that, it causes my wife to live like that. When I don't live like that, it's not like that. And I'm not saying, or or there's times when I'm not like that and she's living like, you know, it's all going to work out. It's like, you're right, it is. If you abound yourself in hope, it's going to cause you to admonish one another. You're going to cause other people to want to do the same thing. That's how that thing works out. Basic instructions. Paul's like, hey, we're going to land this thing. These are basic, but man, maybe they're not so basic because sometimes we don't do them. So that's what I got for this week. We're going to try to, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say try to finish the chapter next week. We'll see. Uh, But we're going to keep uh, rolling through these basic instructions as we we keep going. So let's pray. Uh, We'll get out of here. Pray for VBS this week. Pray for uh, Chris and Lauren. They just stepped out, but they got a a tall task. And so uh, just pray that things go well uh, and, and just be willing to help out anyway. Be flexible this week because sometimes it's not, well, I signed up to do this. It doesn't work like that sometimes. So anyway, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, Lord. I, I do pray that you would just... uh Allow us to live in that hope and that we would be sharing it with other people. Uh, Lord, that's what the gospel is. It is hope. And so I pray that we're living in it and that we're sharing it. So, uh, Lord, I do pray you send us out this week as lights in a dark world. I pray for VBS this week um, that the details uh, would be just details and that we would just be able to uh, make the gospel the main thing. I uh, pray that you just get the honor and the glory from our lives. pray for uh, us as we go back to work this week and uh, that you would just allow us to get the things done that need to be done and we would just be uh, good employees and uh, just good stewards of you Uh, Lord I do pray uh, for uh, the word this morning I pray for Pastor Brian as he's going to preach it that it'd be bold and that uh, it would just go forth Uh, Lord I do thank you for our earthly fathers Um, I didn't say much about it today but uh, we wouldn't be here without them so uh, whether we got good dads or bad dads I do pray that uh, we would just uh, at least thank them uh, uh, for being there when they were so uh, Lord I do uh, thank you for this I thank you for being the good father in Christ's name amen